Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bellstar. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And, and the, the world, world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate.
What qualify you in the program? Well, let's take a look. If you go on over to tumbleweedcellcenter.com. I wonder if anyone ever says that stupidly like I do anymore. Um, you can book your appointment. Get on the certification center, uh, section and book your appointment right there. And if you want to know what conditions qualify you for a medical cannabis card, that would be, and this one, the first one, PTSD, you have to have a letter from your psychiatrist with ongoing treatment. That's just the way Arizona will accept it. No one else can diagnose that but your own very own doctor. Uh, Cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, which covers a whole host of things um, from, you know, fibromyalgia, DDD, um, you name any kind of pain, migraines, headaches, IBS, um, it covers a lot. So if you you don't hear your symptom on your your condition on here, don't worry, because you can probably get covered from chronic pain. Uh, Severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy and any seizure. Uh, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis, and I think Parkinson's uh, and other muscle spasm conditions fall in that one as well. Uh, you are eligible for a medical cannabis card if you suffer from a chronic or a debilitating disease or a medical condition or just a treatment for a chronic or debilitating disease or a medical condition that causes any of the above conditions and more. Bring your current medical records in with you at the time of your appointment or walk-in, and we take walk-ins um, every day. Uh, if you don't have m- current medical records, don't worry. We can get you evaluated by one of our doctors and... If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can also um, shoot us an email at thctucson at gmail.com. I was going to say text us, but we don't text. <laughs> but we do do a lot of social media. So I want to thank the gals um, for doing all the social media. That stuff's awesome, and we really, really, really appreciate it. Um, it's important. Uh, I'm old now, so... Um, <laughs> I don't do it. I do. I actually do do it, but I don't do a whole lot of it because I end up posting the wrong place or I don't know. It's just ridiculous. All right. Okay. So here we go. Here's an interesting one. Um, Study finds that cannabis may help those suffering from chronic pelvic pain. Okay. Um, All right, hold on here. If you're someone who's suffering from chronic pelvic pain, there's a decent chance you might have success in treating your symptoms with cannabis. That's the takeaway from a new study called The Use of Cannabis for Self-Management of Chronic Pelvic Pain. The study, via researchers from the Mayo Clinic and published last month in the Journal of Women's Health, found that uh, 23% of patients who participated in the research reported using cannabis to soothe their symptoms. I love it. Soothing symptoms. That's fantastic. Quote, the majority use cannabis at least once per week. Most users reported improvement in symptoms, including pain, cramping, muscle spasms, anxiety, depression, sleep disturbances, libido, and irritability, the authors of the study wrote. Quote, over one-third, 35% stated that cannabis use decreased the number of phone calls or messages sent to their provider. Wow. And 39% reported decreased number of clinical visits. Wow. Fantastic. The researcher said that nearly a quarter of the participants, uh, participating patients report, quote, regular use of cannabis as an adjunct to their prescribed therapy, quote. And that, despite most reporting side effects, must also uh, said the cannabis improved their symptoms. Um, but I wonder what other um, narcotics or drugs or whatever else they're using that 
causes side effects. Uh, ugh, not good ones. Cannabis helps those side effects, too. Quote, to our knowledge, this is the first study in the United States which evaluated the prevalence of cannabis use among women with CPP, chronic pelvic pain. Our findings show that a clinically significant percentage of women's use uh, women use cannabis in addition to or as an alternative to traditional therapy for chronic pain, quote. I can't wait till this is the traditional therapy and everything else is the alternative. So seriously, it's going to happen. Uh, no, not serious. No, Siri. Don't, I don't need your help, but thank you. Um, our findings, okay. It says, blah, blah, blah. Our findings show that a clinically significant percentage of women uh, use cannabis as quoted by normal, um, users indicated that cannabis improved CPP-related symptoms, decreased reliance on the healthcare system, and helped reduce use of opioid medications. There's that word again. <laughs> can't say <take> narcotics. <laughs> little Opie Cunningham. I can't help it. Every time I say opioid, I think of little Opie Cunningham. Our findings provide important incremental evidence, and we hope to pave the way toward acceptance and consideration of cannabis as a therapeutic option for patients with debilitating pain to improve their quality of life. Past studies have shown that about 15% of women in the United States have reported pelvic pain that lasts up to six months, though research is somewhat inconclusive. According to the National Institutes of Health, because it is, quote, often linked to other disorders such as endometriosis or vulvaginia, chronic pain, pelvic pain may be misdiagnosed as another condition, making it difficult to estimate reliable uh, prevalence rates for pelvic pain, quote. The study is not the first to show that patients who use cannabis to treat certain conditions end up reducing their opioid intake. A literature, uh, literature review published in the summer found, quote, a much higher education in opioid dosage, reduced emergency room visits, and hospital admissions for chronic non-cancer by um, MC, medical cannabis users, compared to people with no additional use of medical cannabis. Quote, given the current opioid epidemic in the USA and the medical cannabis's recognized analgesic properties, um, medical cannabis, they're calling MC now, uh, could serve as a viable option to achieve Opioid Dosage Reduction in Managing Non-Cancer Chronic Pain. The authors, authors of that study wrote, another study published in the spring found that the behavioral economic evidence that cannabis access uh, may modest, modestly reduce de, uh, demand for opioids in persons who have pain. So you get the trend here. According to the Department of Health and Human Services, opioid overdose, over. I can't. I'm so sorry. I can't even do it. Don't even go there. You went there. Opioid overdoses accounted for more than 42,000 deaths in just 2016, more than any previous year on record, with an estimated 40% of overdose deaths involving a prescription opioid. Wow. That is horrible. 42,000 deaths. Well, that was 2016, so... But anyway, for CPP, MC uh, is obviously the way to be. Um, so I have a um, a video. Uh, my one of my besties was teasing me. She's like, "You can play a, a video on your radio," and I said, "Yeah, well, video shows the radio." So. <laughs> so where is it? This is a good one. Um, y'all like, everybody loves coffee out there, right? I mean, let's give it up for some coffee. This is how to make good cowboy coffee. And this is an awesome video. So hang on one second here. This guy's great. Uh, cowboy Kent Rollins. Oh, yeah, we got it. We did. Oh, Lucy designs um, anything you want her to design. So. Anyway, here we go. Hold on. Hold up. Let's get back and let's hold on. Hey, you looking for that perfect cup of coffee? Yep. You don't want to stand in line to get it nor pay $20 a cup? Nope. I don't blame you. Folks, we are going to show you the tips and the tricks. Go in depth. Answer your questions about Cowboy Coffee. Boy, howdy. All right. Boy, howdy for the bestie. 
how to make a mean couple cowboy joke because we're going to have some when we get together next. We're going to have a whole lot of it. We're going to sit for days and days drinking on your porch. Hi, welcome to camp. My name is Kent Rollins, and here we have got something good going today. It is a beautiful day. It is. A great day for what? Cowboy coffee. coffee. Yep, you heard me right. Now, one of y'all might have found us some years back by our cowboy coffee video that we had out there because, man, did it take off. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, we are going more in-depth. We're going to answer some of your questions that y'all have sent in to us and asked us in years past. I can remember back when I was a small child, people was making coffee down any way they could. Boiling it in a tin can down there by the creek. Boiling it in an old coffee can at a branding pen. Why, coffee's been around forever. And there's coffee shops all over the world. I'm talking about them old time ones. Well, you can go in there and sit down, and for 25 cents, you can get a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and talk and visit with your neighbors. Best right. way to start the day. Mm-hmm. But as time went on, things have changed. Yes, they have. There is stuff like Bentes, Grandes, Lattes. I don't know what kind of coffee that stuff is. I ain't even got a clue. But coffee is coffee. But when you make it the right way, folks, it is going to be the best cup of coffee in the world. Drinking this cowboy coffee has health benefits. I'm telling you, it does. See? Because I've had people come to me and say, oh, Ken, I really would like to drink your coffee, but I have acid reflux, yep. heartburn, indigestion. Mm-hmm. This one, if you cook it the right way, when you take the bitterness out of it, that coffee is smooth. I mean, you can drink it and you'll have no problems with your stomach. You'll have no heartburn, no indigestion. You won't even belch out loud at church no more because <laughs> you have drunk the right kind of coffee. Well, that's no fun. don't forget, everything you need to know will be right down there below. But let's talk about some of these myths and stuff that people have tried to give this cowboy coffee a bad name. Don't listen to all them other folks that be telling you that this stuff is too stout, it is too dark, it is too burnt, because it ain't none of them things when you make it right. Folks, it's a little chilly out here, so let's go on over here to Old Bertha and let's get us some cowboy coffee started. Well, but folks, you got to get you a coffee pot, but make sure that that coffee pot that you get gets well seasoned. And Shannon will link you a video up there to where you can watch how to season your coffee pot to get the best flavor out of it, because it's just like cast iron. You got to take care of the inside of that pot. And let me tell you something. You ain't never going to wash it with soap and water. Yep, you heard me right. It's just like cast iron. But now, I have made a lot of coffee, at times, coffee for maybe 3,000 people. I'd have every bean pot in the world going, making coffee, boiling it in there, straining it out of there, running it back and forth. So don't be afraid of making it anything. Because like I say, them old-timers and them branding pens, back when they used to make coffee in a metal can, that's what we used to make coffee. Hey, it's good as gold. We have got water to the bottom of the spout right here. And it is warm. Yeah, you big old warm before you see you a little house You can see we got the eye out of Oberta, and she is generating just the right amount of heat, which is 697,000 degrees. Yeah. So let's talk about the different grinds of coffee. Sure, I got a coffee grinder that I used to have on the wagon, and I'd grind them beans every morning and make coffee. It's a coarse ground. Yeah. Now, to me, that coffee needs to boil longer than a fine ground coffee. So remember that <laughs> when you're going back and forth as to what coffee you like to use. A medium roast here. So that's what we're going to use. But you can use anything you want. Now, for this big pot, it's about three handfuls, which makes about what? A cup and three-fourths to two cups. So we're going to go with that right there. The water was warm. We put it in there. Now we've got to just sit and wait patiently for it to boil. Yeah. And I'm talking, it ain't going to go bubble, bubble, perk, perk. It's mm-hmm. going to boil. Yeah. Because when you let that coffee boil, like I said, you're taking away that bitterness, that mm-hmm. acid, and everything's going to be good in world. Now, y'all might not be having one of these great big pots in your kitchen, but we have took care of you because it is a fourth of a cup of grounds to one quart of water, and that way you can make it at home for just you or you in one or two more. We are going to wait on old Bertha to get this. That was Bertha. <laughs> you. Well, while we're waiting on old Bertha to do her job here, we are going to answer some of them questions that me and Shan's been getting for quite a while. And a lot of people say, where do you get them big pots? Now, folks, that's one of them finder fees deals. I'm going to charge you for telling you what I'm telling you where you can get them, okay? Now, mm-hmm. every once in a while, antique stores, junk shops, sometimes eBay, you can find them on there. But be careful if you go to an antique shop and you find one of them old coffee pots like that, grab it up, take it outside, tell them you ain't going to steal it, 
pull it up there and look to the sun. Make sure you ain't got no pinholes in there because you got to be real careful. A lot of these things are sitting down with rust in them and then they get them pinholes. There so when you got them holes in the bottom, mm-hmm. if they're just little tiny pinholes, you might think about trying to get them with some solder and fix them. But folks, usually when you're sitting on a hot surface like this, them ain't going to last. I'm just tell you right now, watch pot never boils. Remember that saying? But I guarantee you, you can walk off and get busy. Bertha will boil it over if she gets a chance. So I'm like a corner bird dog, old Frank. I'm gonna yeah, I made that mistake this morning. I bowled my own over. Oh, are you kidding? There's an ad. So um, I posted the link here on on the. Uh, we're gonna skip the ad and go back to this guy watching this pot boil. I, yeah, uh-huh. you can see it percolating. He's got the lid Martha off while he's watching it, so that's what I did, but to bring it I want to, to a check a text bowl. message. There's a lot of things going <laughs> on here, and it ain't going to be long, folks, till things is going to really come up here to the top. Now, that's when you've got to be careful, especially if you're in the house, because yeah. that may want to boil over. So when you get to that point to where you can see it just fixing the bowl, mm. turn that fire down a little bit Ooh, in the house I mean, so definitely. it don't boil over, because you done re- re- reduce that water level a little mm-hmm. in that pot. So we're going to let it keep on continuing here till it will sneak up there and really roll. I'm talking churning. Yeah, that's what makes good I got coffee. mine to do that. It was it rolling over. It was real pretty. Over. Yeah, and we don't let it rolling. sit there and roll over as long as it ain't up here trying to boil over. We can leave it right there. If it was trying to boil over a little, I'd scoot it off that hot spot right there and just let it slow down a little. Now, we ain't going to burn this coffee. We ain't going to scorch it, but yeah. I like to let her go about four minutes just to roll and boil right there, get everything broke down good to where the, everything is smooth as silk. Or you remember me telling you about the Safeway chicken. What is smoother than a Safeway chicken? Oh, here it goes. Well, Safeway was a grocery store down there in some parts of the country, and I had never seen a chicken be plucked so smooth and shiny. I think they waxed them every day because them chickens shine like a silver dollar in a goat's butt. That is smoother than a Safeway chicken. Yeah, Safeway chicken. Look at that coffee boiling. That's nice and not boiling over like mine did. And don't you just love the music? It makes you feel like going camping. Anyways, here's a little bit of... How to make cowboy coffee. We're almost done. I think we're about halfway done. I hope you're taking notes because this stuff's delicious. And it really is the best thing to do in the morning is have a cup of joe with your friends, sitting on the porch, maybe with a little cozy, uh, ooh, nice warm blankie. I like those microfiber ones. And um, maybe a bong hit. That's a pretty good thing. Waiting for your, uh, oh, and they see they're showing, I put a link to this because now they're showing cowboys doing tricks and rope, you know twirling their ropes around, and they're showing all the guys, and my bestie is going to love this. She's going to check this link out later, I'm sure, but uh, that'll be called a funny little video. While, while it's cooking, I don't even, he might even have four minutes of this stuff going, so in the meanwhile, we're listening to this. Um, I got a game called Puff Puff Pass. I ordered this online, um, and I actually invited them to come on the radio show, so hopefully they will. And also... Oh boy! Oh, we got. Well, it's been about four minutes, oh, yes, so let me layers. cover this hot spot up. Yeah, here we go. And let's set her right back over here on the rolling side of Old Bertha, oh, where Bertha. it can just sit That's there and mind its own business. Now, I Man. like to let it cool off there just a minute, and then we'll do the rest to it. But the longer you boil that coffee, the mm. stouter it will become at some point. Make sure you get it to your desired strength when you like to drink coffee. You'll know by the amount of time it boils how much coffee you want to put in the pot if you like it a little stouter than that. But these methods have never failed me, and they have served (laughs) thousands of cowboys early in the morning, middle of the day, and late at night. Well, it is said about two minutes it has, and we're going to take about a cup full of cold water. I'm going to pour some down the spout a little around the edges here. Okay, so you're freaking out right now going, are you kidding me? Why are you pouring cold water down the spout around the edges? Trust this guy. This is awesome. It works. (laughs) So bear with me. Yes. Ah, There you go. See them little tiny holes right there where them comes to that spout? Yep. Now, any of them grounds that get caught up in there, Mm -hmm. that's why you pour that back down through the spout. And look who has joined us for Cowboy Coffee. It is the beans. So you want to make sure you pour a little down the spout and then a little around the edges. Mm-hmm. Now, the little smaller coffee pots, a lot of times them grounds will get caught up on the sides and hung up in here. So I just can take me one of these little, what you call, paper towels, wet it in a little water, and you can just make a little circle around there. And a lot of times them grounds will stick right to it, 
and you're a done deal. Look at oh. her, it's like magic. Forgot you might be part. saying, well, how come did you weaken your coffee? Yeah. Well, we didn't weaken it, folks. Mm -hmm. We have to put the cold water in there to settle mm -hmm. the ground. The cold mm -hmm. forces into the bottom. It works. That's when them people used to say, you just crack the egg and put it in there, all the grounds will go to the bottom. <laughs> I don't like my eggs in my coffee. People say, well, you used to just put a horseshoe in there and make it go. No, no. Traditional cowboy coffee has always just been put a little cold water in the spout, all the grounds settle to the bottom, smoothest coffee in the world. I yeah. dare run. Ooh, it's good. I think mine could have been cooked a little longer just because uh, – it, it, that reminds you of something, folks, we'll like one of them spitting, spewing, coffee dripping makers in the house where it just gives you here, there, and yonder every once in a while, and the water mm. temperature ain't hot enough to take a bath in. Now, when people <laughs> don't put enough cold water in this coffee to settle the grounds, yeah. you would see grounds floating all around the top of there. Mm -hmm. And you can see it has sort of built up through the years. Really no don't take but about two weeks sitting on old Bertha or a campfire to get that soot. If you want to keep yours clean, take you just a rag, any kind of cheap vegetable, rub around the bottom and everywhere, just give it a little light coating. That thing will clean off so easy when you get through with it, especially if you're cooking with a really sooty wood over an open fire. Sooty wood. There you go. Sooty woods and cowboy coffee, folks. Ouch. Now, it's an aerobic working pot. You get you a bunch of them oh, together man, and yeah. lift them up here like this all day. You'll that's, be working out. That is now, that is a lot of coffee, out. and yeah. it will oh. fuel cowboys up on any kind of morning. And most of the time, they'd be 12 to 15 in camp. Always make two pots. This one will always get through, but always have another just in case mm -hmm. of backup because you don't never want to run out of coffee. No. So let's talk about do you make a bunch of this at the house, and you don't know what you're going to do with it. Well, Sometimes I'll just pour it in a mason jar, anything in the world, and you can just set it in an icebox. Tip that pot up there and go to pouring. Now, when you get down there pretty close to the bottom of the pot, especially if it's one of them littler pots, you might ought to do it from the first. Just get you one of them strainers or lay you a coffee filter up there in it or whatever mm. and just pour it through there. That way you won't have no chance any grounds getting in that coffee when you reheat it the next day. You can microwave that coffee the next morning if you need to or just pour it back in a sauce pot and heat it up. If you're wanting to store it for an extended period of time in an icebox, just make sure that you got a good seal on that lid, and that coffee will last you a good four or five days in there. So you can make it first of the week, just warm it up after that. Now, I poured this coffee, and I want you all to see. Oh, yeah, he's showing you. He's pouring it right out. Not a ground. Not a, ground. Not a one. Nothing. Beautiful. I ain't seen none. I ain't, ain't seen any. To the bottom of the cup. Oh, ain't seen so none. So it is good to go. Mm -hmm. Folks, I want to tell you. There you have it. That's one pretty cup What of this coffee. coffee has done for me, mm -hmm. this coffee has made me thousands upon thousands of friends and people that I call family, just like y'all that watch our videos. Mm -hmm. Coffee is something that we always have on at the wagon. The very first thing that's on every morning, and it's the last thing that's pulled off there every night. Because I never know when somebody's going to come in at no camp like this and say, hey, hey, Cookie, you got a cup of coffee? And there's nothing finer to me than see people just sit down over the morning and get a cup of coffee when they come into camp. And it's time to visit, time to reflect on maybe what's going to happen during the day. But it all starts with that good cup of coffee. But on them old cold days, I can remember when I'd have to chop ice in a water barrel to make coffee because it's froze solid. Them cowboys get in, huddle around old Bertha, get a cup of coffee in their hands, and you can see them just trembling like that. Old Bertha and that good coffee, it's all out. It done its job. Getting a little breezy and cloudy here in camp, so... I'm going to go back over here by Bertha and warm up here in a minute. But we thank you so much for stopping by. Me and Shannon, the Beagle, never take it for granted that you watch our videos. And we thank our veterans and all our servicemen and women for keeping that old flag flying high above that wagon and the freedom we have in this great country that we can do what we love to do. Like, share, and subscribe. All and if right. you've got a neighbor and he ain't subscribed, go over, ring his doorbell, oh, yeah. ding you down, and say, hey, do you watch that cowboy Kent Rollins guy on YouTube? You should. I promise you. He'll help you out. And bring him some coffee. That's right. God bless you each and every one. And we'll see you by the fire and drinking some strawberry Woohoo! There you go. That was fun, folks. Uh, just something different. And just because uh, we love to change it up around here. Who doesn't love coffee? All right. Uh, let's see. What else do we love? Oh, we love our favorite song.
my house Like what up, I got some good pot I'm just pumped up, got some herb from the pot shop Ice in the fridge, it used to be frosty My friend's like, damn, that's a stone-ass donkey Rolling in hella hot, looking like it's pizza time Dominating all my friends as I eat some chili fries Draped in a Snuggie with my girl sitting next to me Probably shouldn't have had a big gulp full of ice tea but shit, it was 99 cents I'll be blazing and smoking it About to go and get some munchies next Passing up on those Cracker Jacks Reese's Pizzas are where it's at Gotta get me some soda pop Cotton mouth has been creeping up I can't remember where I put my keys Yeah, that's what's up I'ma take your grandpa's ride I'ma take your grandpa's ride No, for real, ask your grandpa Can I take a 65? Seville cruising to my local Publix Nothing better than rolling with two super fly chicks They have frozen burritos I bought frozen burritos I bought some Ben and Jerry's And then I bought some Cheetos Hello, hello, my main man Obama A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no, the DEAs would be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes I'm gonna smoke some weed, only got $20 in my pocket I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop, this is fucking know about the science of marijuana what you know about people suffering from glaucoma they need it they need it it helps them with their condition if you don't believe me then just ask some eye physicians thank your granddad for voting for that guy richard nixon is the president who made the plant illegal but science is now showing that it's medicine for people and the private sector fighting to keep all of that illegal alcohol and tobacco pharmaceutical prisons i'll take those four major lobby groups and fight those motherfuckers they're making money day and night all those motherfuckers and bribing congress out of sight all those motherfuckers They'd be like, oh, it's immoral and unhealthy I'm like, how many people are you making wealth? Anti-marijuana lobbies are making all kinds of profits And they don't want you to stop it because of all the special interest I call that getting swindled and pimped shit I call that getting tricked by the government That law's hella old so it's time to update it, regulate it, and then get it under state control. Peak game, look into my political telescope. Think it's gonna stay like this forever? Not hella won't. Not hella won't. Hey Obama, stop being a hypocrite. You used to smoke weed, I'm gonna smoke some Welcome to the online folks that are joining us today. Um, <clears throat> so, what's going on? Is everybody ready for Christmas? Are you all excited when you hear the bells? Are you all taking bong hits? So, um, uh, not an insane laugh. I don't know why my uh, laugh track on my phone is... Oh, see, look at that. I hit the wrong button. I got a new phone and I can't even do my sound effects anymore. Um, oh boy, this is, oh, it's always the way it goes, so I thought I had, um, thought I had this all figured out. Apparently not. Um, okay, um, anywho, so let's see, I was telling you during our cowboy coffee making experience, uh, you're welcome, that's fun, and it's really good coffee, and it probably does boil out a lot of the acids and stuff, um, that would upset most people's stomachs, um. Uh, there's a game that I got just for fun, um, and it's just something to do with your friends, and we'll probably do it with some pals. Puff, puff, pass. Definitely when Silver Sister gets back with a uh, cannabis kid, we're going to definitely try this one out. Uh, it's, it says, winner puffs all. For some uh, high ideas, conspiracy theories, hidden Internet gems, and most importantly, the best high of your life. Please smoke responsibly. The stoner for card game. Uh, you didn't get that. All right. Um, let's see. So what we're going to do now is actually let's give everybody a chance to uh, listen to our commercial yet once again. Thank you for tuning in to Weed Day Wednesday once again. Um, we really appreciate it. 
Um, we appreciate all your thoughts and comments. We do have a comment from a blogger that says, one should never call cannabis marijuana. Marijuana is a legal fiction. Oh, oh, here it is. Okay, thank you for your thoughts there. That's a good one. Um, you can call it whatever you like. If uh, if you want to strictly call it cannabis, that's fine. Our our government is uh, it's cannabis sativa L. So um, that's the legal name. Um, but it, you can call it whatever you like. Marijuana is a slang term. That is correct. Um, uh, so anyway, thank you for that. Um, I like all that historical stuff. I like. I I enjoy reading about the history and where it all came from, and it's really cool. In fact, there's some some good videos on TumbleweedHealthCenter.com. You can check it out and see for yourself. There's some historical videos. If you want to get certified, um, remember, you're already in the rec program, and it's not going to start until, like, uh, you know what? They'll probably start it on 420. Who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? We're going to start it on 420. Um, but so it's going to start next year. Um, I thought later than that, but I bet that's what their goal is. Um, someone said March. Someone said September. Someone said April. So uh, it's all a big mystery. We'll see. Remember, though, if if you don't have your medical card, um, you don't have a lot of the legal protections, and you have way less, way less cannabis. Two and a half ounces every two weeks versus an ounce. So um, employee protection, landlord protection, all sorts of protections, um, and all sorts of of, uh, other positives for being in the medical program. So get your card, which is now good for two years, yep, and you're already in the rec program. You can grow your six plants. But if you want to get your card, what conditions qualify you? Those would be PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, uh, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, HIV, hep C, ALS, Crohn's disease, agitation of Alzheimer's, uh, cachexia or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis. You can also get your card if if you're suffering from a, a condition and the treatment that you're taking or the, you know, the pills or whatever you're doing is causing any one of those conditions or more, you can get your card just for that. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. Come on down to 4826 East Broadway Boulevard, and you can email thctucson at gmail.com, and we will chat with you anytime today. Leave us a message. We'll call you back. There's all sorts of ways to get a hold of us, like there's Google, there's Instagram, and all those fun accounts, Um, Facebook, Let's see. Yeah, there's. It, it, we're all over the place, so you can find us pretty much anywhere. We are going to continue listening to Doug Fine, American Hemp Farmer Adventure and Misadventures in the Cannabis Trade Continuation. We are 67% of the way through. Woohoo! Here you go, folks. Uh, Doug Fine. One, Jing said again as we cleaned up the table several weeks because okay. TV and diet books told them now they really are. And food-related health issues are among the most serious and pervasive problems facing the species. True. 3T3L1, Jing said again as we cleaned up the table several wafers later. Melody and I were picking up some clippers, then heading an hour south to the field while volcanoes rumbled one island over. Remember that. I will, I replied with Vim. And I have. Ching explained a game-changing concept magnificently and equally important for mass media exposure, succinctly. He had me at fat cells stay smaller and inflamed species. Even as more research is conducted on the anti-obesity front, obviously no one's really writing a diet book until we see years of double-blind studies, peer-reviewed, and all that. We already have the requisite sequel in the Hemp Keeps You Thin series lined up. 
It comes from existing knowledge about another one of hemp's nutritive components, anti-inflammatory properties. It was hemp food giant Nutiva's 60-year-old founder, John Rulak, citing the 2002 paper by David Marcus and the impactful Ernest Small that serves as the first epigraph for this chapter, who first clued me into gamma-linolenic acid, GLA. Many folks don't realize how important GLA is and how hard it is to obtain from food sources, Rulak told me not long after we met a half decade ago. It's an omega-6 associated with anti-inflammatory properties. That is likely because of the eicosanoid metabolites, which are building blocks of fatty acids in GLA, according to Dr. Dylan McKay, a nutritional biochemist at the University of Manitoba, although he added that more research is needed before there is consensus on this point. And it is underway, including multiple studies showing anti-inflammatory effects of hemp diets in pigs, mice, and guinea pigs. The anti-inflammatory discussion is a hot one these days because, well, so many folks find their digestive, immune, ocular, and other regulatory systems in a state of cell inflammation. Diet, air and water quality, and pharmaceutical side effects all probably play a role in this disastrous mishmash. Let's look at digestion. According to the nutritional philosophy espoused by people like physician Andrew Weil and Stanford Microbiology and Immunology professor Justin Sonnenberg, what's happening in your gut is very similar to what's happening in soil. Your endogenous chemicals and ideally beneficial microflora are speaking to the nutrients and ideally beneficial microorganisms in your food. Collectively, this internal ecosystem is called your microbiome. To encourage microbial balance in the old belly, I eat a lot of fermented foods and home-raised goat yogurt. My anti-inflammatory regimen also includes avoiding unnecessary food additives. I read every label before I crunch something, looking out for sketchy ingredients including corn syrup, natural flavors, or autolyzed yeast. But what about those who are in a perpetual crisis mode with one of their body's regulatory systems, especially when inflammation might be the culprit or at least one of the suspects? GLA's documented properties in this area make it a de rigueur part of a daily human diet. So our sequel bestseller title, hopefully while the original obesity theme selection is still topping the list, is Hemp Keeps You in Balance. Hemp animal feed. There's one more dietary area that itself may well demand a few hundred million hemp acres. Its manifestation in book form can be called hemp. It's not just for humans anymore. I can attest that hemp feed results in maximum performance for my goat herd, but I feel obligated to add that it does not mean hemp makes your goats behave. Still, we need this livestock side of the dietary revolution. It is coming, and it will be big, millions of acres big. Factory farming of 65 billion critters in concentrated animal feeding operations contributes 18% of worldwide greenhouse emissions, including 37% of methane, according to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization. This is why you roll up your windows when you drive past one of those ranches. I was thinking about this after the 2018 Oregon harvest as Edgar, Margaret, and I fed the koi a dash of the hemp seed they so love. I filmed the ensuing vegan fish feeding frenzy with a submerged GoPro and was so impressed that I looked up some stats. Animal feed is a $297 billion industry in the United States according to the Institute for Feed Education and Research, with 75% of that GMO corn and soy-based for the moment. Hemp as livestock feed has a long legacy in the United States. At a book signing following the first talk I gave when Hemp Bound came out in 2014, this was in Denver and was televised on C-SPAN, a sturdy octogenarian rancher from Nebraska named Nan approached me and filled me in on a bit of American agricultural history. Growing up, I knew it was spring when my daddy had us plant hemp along the irrigation ditch, she said. 
The roots helped the ditch walls hold fast whether we faced drought or flood. And I knew it was fall when we set the cattle on that hemp to finish them. They loved it. I can relate. My goats do this sort of joyful sideways hind leg kick when I bust out the hemp protein meal. We humans should kick too as we benefit from healthier hemp-fed animals. In Hempbound, we visited with Canadian researchers who had just completed a study showing that hemp-fed hens produced more nutritious eggs than corn-fed hens. Yet in the United States, hemp as livestock feed is still astoundingly fighting for the necessary federal designation known as grass, generally recognized as safe. But don't worry, Iowa farmer Ethan Borges and the Hemp Feed Coalition team are fighting a disciplined fight on the livestock front. Ethan just wants the competitive advantage he believes hemp will provide his cattle. Today you can feed hemp to your own animals, of course, and to commercial livestock that humans don't eat, like horses and dogs, but not yet to commercial cattle, chicken, and the rest. When we inevitably win that battle, the numbers we add to the 944,000 jobs that the Institute for Feed Education and Research says the animal feed industry already provides might help raise our percentage of Americans farming close to our target of 30%. One other note on the protein-rich meal that is hemp seed oil's byproduct, it might provide a competitive advantage to non-human athletes. It was my colleague Marty Phipps of Old Dominion Hemp in Virginia who convinced me to do the original Samurai protein test that came out at 31% because the Olympic-level dressage horse owners to whom he had already provided herd for bedding were interested in the known nutritional benefits of high-protein feed supplements from any source. These are high-performance animals of the this filly is worth more than your ranch and mine put together class. They're all are looking for the same kind of performance advantages that human sprinters seek. So now Marty and I are going to work to expand this market. Others have started looking livestock word as well. Hemp dog treats are already big. Look for hemp-based high-performance livestock supplements to become another deserved craze in the near future. We need that craze. Both Chad Rosen and Roger Gushes tell me that protein meal is the more difficult seed-based product to move in their current inventory. The oil flies off the shelves. My prediction is that protein meal will catch up when the hemp livestock feed comes online. To hold up my end on the human consumption side, I'll make sure Hemp Keeps You Thin contains plenty of recipes for hemp protein in bread, cakes, cookies, healthy shakes, and, of course, waffles. All I ask of you is that you grow some of those 234.7 million acres of it every year, or help ensure that those who do make very fine livings, which is really the key remaining piece of this puzzle. The hemp diet craze only works if farmers prosper. I mean, lucrative dentist-level livings for millions of farming families. Farmers in the American heartland and similar breadbaskets around the world know how to cultivate grain, and they do it on a vast scale. It's not uncommon for one farm family to plant five or more sections, which leads to a legitimate question some macroeconomist might ask about mass hemp acreage. If we really grow millions of acres of hemp, won't the market crash? In other words, in our go big with hemp seed thesis, aren't we violating Wendell Berry's prime directive? The answer, in my view, is a firm no. That is, if we're smart about developing long-term markets, the surplus value of organic certification plays an important role. We offer two and a half times the price for organic on our seed contracts, Roger Gush has told me of his healthy oil seeds business, where every acre is grown outdoors and the presses never stop. The 58-year-old Roger, a generous member of Team Hemp, who even invites potential competitors to facility tours in the name of expanding the food side of the industry, has a farmer-friendly act of God clause with his farmers. This assures farmers some payment even if a crop doesn't pan out, needless to say. Such protections should be a component of any digital age homesteading act. 
If organic hemp seed at this scale brings in a conservative $1 per pound wholesale to a farmer who has low overhead on 3,000 acres and who harvests 1,000 pounds per acre, that means a $3 million crop for that farming family. Plus, the family's work is done when the seed is delivered to the grain bin. No barn ice skating for better or for worse. Although nothing stopping that family from also marketing an artisan's secondary market product. It's raining organic hemp energy bars. Mm. Along those lines, I wanted to check out if value-added hemp seed product lines are an option. This investigation gained some urgency when I got an email from a Pennsylvania farmer in 2018 who was having trouble moving her wholesale seed. As markets stand now, if you start working on it with the same vigor we've been discussing on the flower side, you've got a shot. But it's no fait accompli, even according to one of the most successful value-added seed purveyors in the business. When I first met Evo Hemp co-founder Ari Sherman at the company's Boulder, Colorado facility in 2016, he and co-founder Jordan Samel, biz school buddies, both then under 30, were already moving close to a million <clears throat> units per year. These were all organic U.S. sourced hemp energy bars. Varieties at the time included cashew cacao and mango macadamia. A million hemp bars? That sounded mighty impressive to me, a fellow who had not yet expanded to a thousand units. In fact, you could see the Boulder Whole Foods market location that Evo Hemp supplied right from the company's front door. That's actually the store where I got the original ingredients when we were toying around with our first bars, Ari told me as we toured a warehouse full of ready-to-ship cases of hemp bars. I bought their bulk hemp seed and fruit. Now we sell them the products. Foolish naive me. I thought selling a million products meant you'd cleared a million dollars. I thought these guys had made it. They'd been written up in Forbes. Then, as we tasted samples of the new mocha chip bars, Ari spilled the beans about how the big league retail food business works from the independent entrepreneur point of view. Even at a million units sold, he and Jordan hadn't been paid yet. The way it works is you get the honor of being given shelf space at a big store, he explained, but it better sell. If it doesn't sell well, you don't necessarily get paid right from the start. The chain set the rules until you're making them a lot of money. Isn't that Ari looked at me for a moment then tilted his head in a sort of, I guess I never looked at it that way kind of way. Fast forward three years, when Ari and I spoke again in 2019, I asked first off if he felt Evil Hemp was over the hump from a bootstrapping entrepreneurial standpoint. As most entrepreneurs learn quickly, he said, there are many different plateaus that an enterprise reaches. I don't think we're ever over every hump. People like us have a hungry nature. But the short answer is, yes, we're over the hump that we discussed in 2016. As things grow, you start to see other hurdles in front of you, the next plateau, each of which brings its own set of challenges and opportunities. I asked the obvious, what's the next plateau? Jordan and I have had to wear every hat up till now, Ari said. We're the packing guys, salesmen, we're physically making products, doing product development. I've even seen you as chief spokesmodel at trade show booths, I said. He laughed, exactly. The next steps are building out teams, We've hired a graphic designer, for instance, which will free us on the marketing side. How many Evo hemp bars get eaten every year now, I asked. We'll sell more than 5 million bars in 2019, Ari said. Besides Whole Foods, now we're in Costco, Kroger, Barnes & Noble, Fresh Market, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Ross. As a result, on the manufacturing side, he continued, our demand has exceeded our supply capabilities here in Boulder. That's a good problem but we need two extra production facilities for the bars. And now we're moving into other categories like our topical CBD line. With how many farmers does Evo Hemp contract, I asked. Six farmers on 1,400 acres paid $2 per pound for organic in 2018, Ari said. No point dancing around the bottom line. Are you and Jordan getting paid yet, I asked. Yes, Ari said with a chuckle. Not any crazy executive salaries, but we are able to live a sustainable lifestyle in Boulder, which is not a super affordable area. Hmm. We spent the last bit of our chat commiserating on the, oh, well, we entrepreneurs will sleep when we're dead theme. 
The work is never-ending and taxing on Jordan and me as individuals, Ari said. We have a sort of positive feedback loop with supportive colleagues and family, which helps. Yeah. Oh, we're going to stop there and love this. Absolutely love listening to Doug. Every time I listen to this book, I get more and more and more ideas. Um, but I do want to read something um, to you all that I found on the Internet. We'll get to the Puff Puff Pass game next week probably. And also we got a vaporizer sent to us uh, called Flash. Flash your way. So we're going to check. We're going to do a product review next week as well. It's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and don't worry, I won't make you listen to the uh, 2021 Farmer's Almanac. you want to save 16% on every marijuana purchase in Arizona, uh, yeah, do this. Now that Arizonans legalized uh, marijuana via Prop 207, many recreational marijuana consumers are already considering becoming medical marijuana patients because it would save them 16% in excise tax. That's right. Per marijuana purchase at a dispensary a tax not imposed on patients. In other words, patients save $16 every $100 spent on marijuana compared to recreational users. That's right. For example, if recreational dispensaries decide to sell an ounce of marijuana for $300, then the buyer will actually spend $373.80 because of the 24.6% combined taxes which would be $73.80 extra, of which $48 is the 16% excise tax only imposed on recreational marijuana sales. Medical marijuana patients can also purchase and possess more marijuana than recreational users and buy edibles with a higher potency. Prices will also be lower on medical marijuana purchases. Now, you will only be able to get 0.5 milligrams of a concentrate um, in the rec program and only 10 milligrams um, per piece of edible, 100 milligrams total. And you can get whatever you want in the rec program. Um, So it's fairly easy and inexpensive to become a medical marijuana patient. Every two years, medical marijuana patients have to pay for a doctor appointment of approximately $150, uh, which ours is lower at Tumbleweeds Health Center. That's right. And... To save for you, 150 bucks, which that's the same for everybody. Unless you're on food stamps, it's only 75. That investment can lead to massive savings at dispensaries. Um, Arizona sales tax rate is currently at uh, 5.6%, and the state will also collect a 16% uh, excise tax on all recreational cannabis sales. I think that meant to say 8.6%. There are also city and county sales tax to include. Below are examples of combined sales tax rates for state, county, and city taxes for adult-use marijuana purchases versus medical marijuana purchases for Phoenix and Tucson. So if you're a Phoenix recreational marijuana sales, 8.6 sales tax plus 16% for recreational equals 24.6% total taxes on recreational marijuana sales in Phoenix. Um, And then for Tucson, um, you're looking at a combined 24.7% total tax on recreational marijuana in uh, Tucson. So um, definitely, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to stay in the medical program and keep your medical card for all those reasons and so many more. And thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. We love having you. One of the last shows of the year, folks, is coming up. All right, get ready for Christmas. Smoke a lot of bongs. Yeah. That's right. Smoke a lot of bongs. And get ready for some trivia or some fun things. Uh, here's a fun question. If we were in a horror movie, which one of us would die first? Oh, that's hard to run fast, that'd be an idea over. Anyway, um, ooh, here's a good one. Who was the first person to be described weed? Well, um, we're going to tell you that next week. We'll put that right on top so I remember to even tell you guys that. Who was the first person to be described weed? All right, with that, remember, 
be smart, be safe, and educate. We love you guys. Thank you for coming to Wednesday, Wednesday, as always. Thanks for showing up. We love hearing from everybody. Have an awesome day. Be careful shopping. Smoke a lot of weed. And happy Wednesday, Wednesday.